0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Good
1: morning and welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live. Work and play. Hey, I was looking uh, at my uh, my friend Stacy Waldrop the other day, and she had posted so many wonderfully positive things. And uh, you know, I always share, or at least I try to share, some of the things that she she shares with me along the way. And uh, this particular one is one she posted from John Lubbock. And here's what it said: What we see depends mainly on what we look for. So what are you looking for? You know, what are you looking for in your life? And uh, uh, a friend of another friend, and he didn't say, you know, who this is credited to, but he said this, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing (laughs) that. That's a, that's another good one. Um, And then lastly, I thought this was kind of funny. A friend said other kids at the dinner table. I ate all my chicken. May I be excused my kids at the dinner table? I licked all my butter off the corn. Can I have the chips now? (laughs) I think there's a lot of parents who probably can relate to that uh, pretty well. I also want to pull up something. I meant to have it ready to roll, and I'll just pull it up now. But I I want to thank you for continuing to be engaged in the Coast View show. Uh, The the numbers online continue to be really strong. I I noticed that post-engagement was up 60%. Ah, uh, post reaches is the people you touch is up 32 percent. New page likes, you know, the number of new people coming to the to the social media platforms is up 35 percent. So, um, you know, the the show uh, Super Talk 103.1 continues to perform well. And if you think about the, how we extend the show through social media, is pretty su- substantial. So, if you uh, you want to watch a show, you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page or the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page. You can go to the YouTube page, which is the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube channel, or you can go to your favorite podcast to to listen. But we have so many incredible guests, and um, and I'm really honored to to be here every day and just have these conversations. And one last thing. Yesterday I had Michael Butler on from Butler homes and we've got a lot of feedback about the conversation and um, Michael and um, and his team and the city and the, and the, and the, uh, the neighbors of the project that he's building, you know, my read on it after, after looking at it, listen, re-listening to the show, getting some more feedback is that people just need to sit down and talk um, it's not doing anyone any good. I said, said posted on a note this morning that someone once told me there's a powerful lubrication to change that comes from pain. I said that before on the on the radio station on my show, and it essentially means that you know when you feel a lot of pain, you change. <laughs> and there's a lot of pain. The city's feeling pain because of the negative impression this is sending to other developers. <clears throat> you know the project, you know uh, investors are feeling pain. Um, I'm sure the the neighbors are feeling pain. Things change, you know. Time has a way of wise, you know, causing people to, to get wiser. And uh, isn't it time to sort of, you know, lubricate the situation to change? Now, I think it's important for all the parties to sit down and have a conversation and and move forward. Um, and no one's winning. There there's no winning in the current situation. So if you missed that conversation, you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page and watch my conversation with Michael Butler. Now, let's turn to page. We're gonna to move to my dear friend and longtime friend, Clay Williams, who's the executive director for the Blexi, Gulfport Blexi International Airport Authority. And uh, and we had a lot to talk about because it's been a few, few weeks since we talked. How are you doing, Clay?
0: I'm doing well, Ricky. It's uh, always good to visit with you.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you too. Hey, I mentioned to you, um, my son and I, my two sons actually, my son came down from New York and and my son who lives here locally, uh, we flew over to Miami to meet some friends and uh, did some boating and spent some time celebrating my son Jordan's 30th birthday. And this was the first time that I'd flown commercially since the pandemic started. And we had plans to, man, we had big plans, you know, <laughs> do some international travel and uh, and just do some real cool stuff. But as, like a lot of people, got put on hold. But I have to tell you, I flew Delta, mm-hmm. you know, flew out of Gulfport, and uh the the experience was for me was really terrific you know when i got to miami we you know it was you know i felt like people were really aware of making sure that everyone's safe people were wearing face masks etc when i went out to uh you know to to get to the transportation they were wearing face masks it was yeah i just felt like it was a People were really conforming. In fact, you can't not conform when you're in an airport. I I, I saw that as well. But, and then we, when we flew out, we flew out of Fort Lauderdale. And uh, again, the, the experience there was terrific. A few more people, but still people observing this, you know, giving people their social distancing, wearing masks, et cetera. And then the flight back was terrific. So I, I bet you hear that a lot that people who experience travel. That they have a good experience for the most part, and uh, the feedback that you' you get is usually pretty good, isn't it?
0: Well, well, first off, Ricky, thanks for flying we We like to hear positive stories uh, like yours. People want to get out, they want to celebrate birthdays, they want to go visit friends family and and uh, experiences have been good, and we have gotten positive feedback, and uh, the airlines have have done their due diligence in, in taking um, measures and, and to, to ensure safety and the health and well-being of the passengers. Airports have done that. And I, you mentioned when you were uh, taking ground transportation there at the airport that you even uh, witnessed it there on the curb. So we, we like to talk about that from, from curbside to plane side. What is the experience of the passenger? And we want to ensure that it's uh, a good one and one that uh, makes a great first impression. And and again, uh, glad that you're back out there flying, and we look forward to uh, more of our, our friends and, and local residents doing the same.
1: So let's talk for a second about the CDC. Sure. As you and I talked about offline, um, there are like these continuously changing messages that come from the CDC. Now, more recently, <clears throat> in fact, just the last couple of days, I read the latest from the CDC. And they're still sort of causing people to want to pause on any kind of un- unnecessary travel. I don't know the exact word that they used, but my impression was that they were discouraging um, air air travel. How do you guys respond to that? And, and am I right in reading that this kind of the guidance is constantly adjusting?
0: You're you're absolutely correct. The guidance has evolved. Uh, on a regular basis. It's, it's constantly changing. And, and, it, and it really is. It's challenging for those that are attempting to travel because not only the, the guidance, it might be in place, but what are the requirements uh, in the locales where you're traveling? What, what are the expectations once you get there? And what do you need to be prepared for? We're, we're fortunate that we're seeing more states begin to open up and it's and it's you're seeing more businesses begin to to offer services that they might not have been able to provide just several months ago. So so that is is helpful to the traveling public. But one of the things that we always encourage those who are traveling is to to be sure to to you know, do some advanced planning and to check ahead with the air carrier. Look at the destination where you're traveling. What are the expectations in that particular market, whether it be an international destination or a domestic uh, location? And it's, it's very important to do that and to do some advanced planning. And you can get out and, and enjoy yourself just like you and your sons just did. Yeah, it was uh,
1: interesting. So Justin works for Pricewaterhouse out of mm-hmm. New York. That's, he lives in, the, in uh, New York City. And, um, and, of course, the, the, the headquarters for Pricewaterhouse is there in New York City. They have offices, obviously, all over the United States. But since the pandemic started, he's been working remotely. So he worked from here. He ca- came home at whatever point New York started to shut down. He worked out of here for, I want to say, maybe two or three months. And then he went back to New York. And, um, and then what's, it's kind of been interesting because, you know, he kept sort of expecting that, that Pricewaterhouse would change their, their approach as uh, this thing kind of moved forward. But then what became pretty apparent is that they were going to stay in this kind of mode that they're in, maybe indefinitely, maybe beyond the pandemic. And so what that did is it put him in a position where he could actually work remotely from anywhere. So just, uh, you were talking about, you got to know the domestic requirements, like they were going to go to Colorado at one point and they had a group of maybe 15 of them, they were all, you know, professionals that were going to rent, you know, sort of a large house and work remotely and ski and do whatever. They and I and I said, "Well, you, you well, enjoy your trip to Colorado." I said, "Well, we're not going to Colorado. We're actually going to go to Salt Lake City." I said, "Are well, to Utah?" I said, "Well, why are you doing that?" He said, "Well, you can't have groups of more than ten in Colorado, yeah. but you can in in uh, in Utah." So they literally had to change their plans. They eventually, as the group sort of whittled down and they were able to drive over to Colorado, right. they they ultimately visited Colorado and have gone to some other places there as well. But they're just kind of working remotely from there. He's kind of going to New York for a sh- short period of time and then back over there. But it is interesting, man, from city to city. There's different kinds of requirements, aren't there?
0: City to city, state to state, and, and particularly if you're trying to go out of out of the country, from, from country to country, there are varying requirements and it's really, uh, it falls on the traveler to, to to go out and seek out the information, speaking with the airlines, looking at the state department, looking at the various departments of health in their respective states to determine uh, what the, what the uh, requirements are. So you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it is different, but, but we are seeing uh, more people get comfortable with this new um, world in which we're and in.
1: And we'll, we'll pick it up from there. Clay Williams, Executive Director from Gulfport Biloxi International Airport Authority. We'll pick it up from there when we get on the other side of the break. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk
0: 103.1. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome
1: back to. Uh, We have uh, Clay Williams, who's the executive director for the Gulfport Biloxi International Airport Authority, and uh, he's a good friend. And we're just basically talking about the situation. I mean, Clay, you know, thinking back now, when we first started talking about the pandemic, we might have said this is going to go into 2021. But I don't think in our heart of hearts we could really imagine that we would have been in this mode for over a year. I mean, it's hard to look. I mean, it's over a year has gone by. Does that kind of blow your mind?
0: The length of time and the scale really is uh, hard hard to fathom. as as you say, many thought that it would be a shorter period of time, but but we've everyone's been resilient and and adjusted to uh, to the changing requirements. We talked a little bit about that before the break. We're seeing here at Gulfport Biloxi Airport, um, our traffic starting to pick up. We had a very, very difficult year, as you and I previously, previously discussed in 2020. We were down 49% as compared to 2019. And it was all airlines um, saw record losses. You had $35 billion uh, in losses in, in the domestic airline industry in the United States. So it was, it was like, um, a, a change agent like none other. So, so, again, people have had to adapt and evolve. And one of the things that's really interesting uh, and it's, it's unique and, and a credit to our market is we've seen our seat capacity here at Gulfport Biloxi increase faster than some peer airports. And the reason for that, you were touching on it with, with business travelers, is many markets, their air travel is tied. To the business community and how much is the corporate traveler going uh, and going from place to place? We have a strong corporate travel base here at uh, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and we want to see more of them traveling. But what's bolstering us at present is our military service members. So those from Keesler Air Force Base and the Naval Construction Battalion are still traveling. So we're seeing them um, here at the airport and. And, uh, and, and traveling about uh, to their respective destinations, and also the gaming industry. The gaming industry here on the coast is very robust, and with us having 12 resort-style casinos, it makes us more of a year-round destination for leisure travel. So those two segments of our economy are actually driving the recovery and driving it at a little bit faster clip than some other um, comparable-sized markets. We still are awaiting the return of the corporate traveler, though we, they they have yet to begin flying. I mean, you mentioned your son Ricky as as an example, and able to work remotely and and not traveling uh, like he once was. So we're we're looking forward to the time when the when corporations are back out uh, sending people to meetings because they really. You can do things via Skype and Zoom and other technological mediums, but there's, there's not a substitute for that face-to-face interaction. It's very important. And uh, for relationship building uh, from a trustworthiness factor and you, just, you, get, you get to know people and uh, determine with whom you're dealing on, on uh, various subjects. And so it's, it's, uh, it's critical that, that that element get back and, and the key to that's gonna be vaccinations. Uh, airlines are are banking on the fact that that uh, having a rapid vaccine rollout will help uh, stimulate additional travel, and and I, I believe it will.
1: You know, you and I have talked about this before. You think about Katrina being sort of this disaster that it took. You know, here we are, fifteen years later, in right. certain aspects, we have not completely recovered. We've done right. extraordinarily well. Sure. But trends that were in place before Katrina were sped up. So things like, for example, insurance challenges, you know, those, you know, we've we've done a good job of incrementally fixing some of those. But the fact is, they're still challenges, especially in areas that are susceptible to high wind or water. Um, So, you know, it may take years for us to fully understand this disaster that has been inflicted on the world, literally the world. And, you know, I think about this when I was leading uh, corporate projects for Knight Ritter back, back when I was at the Sun Herald,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if I would uh, call a meeting, for example, of the team in Atlanta, now there may be, you know, one of the efforts, there may be over 100 people that comes to that meeting, 100, 150 people. If, you know, to make a decision to have that meeting in Atlanta, it, could, it would be a 50 to $100,000 decision by the time you added up all the travel costs associated with that, and et cetera. Now multiply that times how many businesses do things like that, you know, every single month. And now they've gone a year of not doing those things and they've done a gone a year of using technology. And you're right. There's no substitute substitute for face to face. But I think they all have found. In fact, it's been a trend. It's been a a topic of conversation in just about every conversation I have that that there that people have discovered new ways to use technology to make things more efficient to, to save money and travel expense or whatever those expenses might be. I do think we will never go back to where we were. I just don't know what the, what the new there looks like. What, and as, as we were discussing, is it post pandemic world or is it the vaccine era as my friend, James O'Byrne referred to it? <laughs> Does it matter as we approach that and we're going to approach it pretty rapidly, actually, you know, we're going to be into the summer and things are going to be really beginning to kind of take off. What does taking off look like when you guys in your industry get together and talk about it?
0: Well, it's, it's obvious that there's a tremendous amount of pent-up leisure demand. And so airline business models are, are changing to, to capture some of that travel. Typically, you would not find a legacy carrier, a United, a Delta, or American flying many routes outside of their hub. They would go from hub to spoke Atlanta to Gulfport, but you wouldn't see, say, for example, in Atlanta to Fort Myers, Florida, or, or Jackson Hole, Wyoming. They are evolving, though, to, to pick up some of that additional leisure demand, and they're doing that in the interim while some of this corporate uh, travel is, is still, still depressed. And, and, and that, again, as, as we note, there are efficiencies uh, that can be taken advantage of by having Zoom meetings. There are uh, some cost savings that um, that are incurred when when you're not traveling. But again, there's still going to have to be uh, times and 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 events when people are are getting together. And we're we're a mobile society, and and people live um, away from not only their colleagues but also from their family and and and. Uh, and friends, and so it's important to have that accessibility, and um, and, and we, we feel that's yet to come. It's been hard to pinpoint, though, Ricky, as to when we'll see that. Again, vaccines will drive uh, some of it.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely will. So when you think about uh, the gut point. Actually, what I wanted to ask you before I ask you that question, because we'll come back specifically to to the Gulfport International Airport, is that when you when you guys, I'm saying your industry, whether it's whether it's uh, airports or are the carriers or whatever, when you look at the current 1.9 trillion dollar relief package,
0: what is in there for you guys? So in the current uh, relief package, there is $8 billion for airports across the United States. Uh, Some of that will go to commercial service airports like Gulfport Biloxi. Uh, Some of those funds will go to general aviation airports. And some of those funds will actually be um, earmarked for concessionaires that operate in airports, rental car companies, your food and beverage concessionaires, your retail concessionaires, all of those entities have been impacted by the pandemic. And so there is some assistance that's provided for in this most uh, recent package. There have been several other iterations that have passed uh, over the last Six to nine months uh, that have provided assistance not only to airports but to airlines um, as well, due to the fact that it's one of the hardest hit industries uh, in the country. Okay,
1: so coming back to Gutfreund Bullock International Airport, um, you've got a you've got kind of a dream team authority. You you have the opportunity sure. to work with, they have a lot of experience in business and, and aviation. Uh, and uh, when you guys look at your situation there, how are you doing? I mean, financially otherwise.
0: So we've been fortunate. Uh, Again, we we do have a, you you mentioned our our Airport Authority Commission. We have a a great board, uh, City of Biloxi appointees, Lieutenant General Clark Griffith, former base commander at Keesler Air Force Base. We've got Brigadier General Joe Spragans, who's the appointee from Gulfport, former base commander at the Air National Guard Combat Readiness Training Center. And then Dave Dennis, who is the Harrison County appointee who's been involved uh, in, in numerous, numerous organizations throughout the coast and across the state very astute businessman. And one of the things through their, their leadership and, and their support of our team here at the airport is we were able to build up a, um, a, a nice uh, cash reserve here at the airport going into a, a uh, situation like this, and then we've been fortunate too that we've had the support of our congressional delegation, and and they understand that that airports are a key driver in the economy, and they've made assistance available to us through not only the CARES Act but the Co- Coronavirus Response Act, and then this most latest this this latest package that most recently has been passed by by Congress is is also got some funding available again for airports and airlines.
1: You know, if you think of the United States as sort of this like living organism and each of these cities, no matter how small they are or how big they are, are sort of the organs of this large organism, it is the air travel that is the arteries. It's the arteries that feed so much so much important, you know, energy and vitality and financial support and everything. I mean, we're this, as you point out, we're 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 our culture depends upon it. I yes. mean, more than anything else. I mean, we, people say, oh, we shouldn't help an airline. Well, there aren't that many airlines. We yeah. we have to make sure that they're all healthy and providing this incredibly important service Are you know, the, the way we the way we live our lives in America would we, go to hell in a handbasket. We, we've got to support that.
0: You have to have a robust air travel network. You've got to have a strong airport because it drives uh, economic development in a community and it also drives uh, quality of life. People want to be able to travel. It's it's part of our DNA, and, and people uh, look forward to being able to visit others and and uh, and they experience new things.
1: Well, it's been a great update, Clay. I enjoy spending time with you, and good luck to you guys as you continue to sort of weather the storm. And the good news is, we will soon see how quickly people will get back up on the get back up in the air and start to enjoy, you know, either. You know, leisure travel or business travel, all the things that we, you know, as part of our life before pandemic. So we'll see you in a few weeks and check back in with you.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Ricky, for having me on. And thank you for flying and to the residents of South Mississippi. We appreciate them and their use of the Gulf War Blacks International Airport.
1: You bet, buddy. We'll see you soon. When we come back, we have John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. view on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota
0: on I-10 exit 38 Gulfport.
1: See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. A Supertalk Mississippi Media Production.